So intuitive eating is about listening to your body and eating in a way that provides nourishment, feels good, and brings you enjoyment. The focus is not on changing the size or appearance of your body. In fact, the first principle, reject the diet mentality, places a strong emphasis on putting weight loss and the size and shape goals at least on the back burner, if not tossing them out permanently. This principle applies to movement as well. But what if we like to train hard, push ourselves, leave it all on the gym floor, or have sport-specific performance goals? What if we like to see measurable improvement in our strength? What if we enjoy running and like to see our 10K time improve as a result of our training? Is a structured, disciplined, and maybe even for some, uh, a somewhat of a hardcore approach to training, is, is that at odds with intuitive eating? Well, I'm Jeff Ash, certified nutritionist, personal trainer, and intuitive eating coach, and you're listening to the Men's Intuition Podcast. So one of the 10 principles of intuitive eating in the book by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch is titled Movement, Feel the Difference. The focus in many intuitive eating circles is on making movement enjoyable, pressure-free, you know, often without any formal structure, strict schedule, prescribed workouts, that kind of thing. But for many new to intuitive eating and a non-diet approach to health and fitness, this may sound a bit soft, undisciplined, a cop-out for what those who just have, you know, don't have what it takes to, to make a commitment and stick to it. I've I've heard those kinds of misunderstandings of intuitive eating many times. But when you understand how damaging dieting has been to so many people, not just as it pertains to their relationship with food, but also exercise and movement, you begin to see how a different approach may be needed for some, you know, for, for many people. So often exercise was seen as a, a means of just burning calories for the purpose of shrinking or, or sculpting your, your body to meet some kind of appearance standard. I mean, sure, you know, health may be a part of it, but for many, it, it really was more about appearance or that particular size or shape or look, you know, that, and, and that size and shape is then kind of automatically equated with better health. So the, the health part comes as a justification for it, but really the driving factor was to just work on that appearance. But what's the answer to the question I posed in the introduction to this episode? Uh, remember I asked, is a structured, disciplined, and maybe even for some, somewhat of a hardcore approach to training at odds with intuitive eating? As should be the answer more often than it is, the answer is it, it really depends. You know, are you in the throes of an eating disorder where rigid control and structure is disrupting your life and your health? Well, taking time away from formal exercise might be necessary, uh, but, but that's a specific case that's kind of beyond the scope of this episode, so we're not going to dive into that. If that is you, then you wanna, may want to be careful as you listen through this because we are going to be talking about uh, incorporating that formal exercise. And I certainly want, wouldn't want to interfere with what you're working on at this point. But if you're kind of curious about how you can incorporate some of those things maybe down the road, then you may want to continue listening on. But there are other areas to consider too. So do you struggle with skipping a workout for a family event? Or worse, will you not skip a workout even when there is an important family event? That kind of thing. Are you, are you not just a little bummed, but actually upset or anxious or angry? Or don't know what to do with yourself if you don't have access to your normal gym? I've certainly talked to a lot of people who that's been the case for. Uh, do you feel guilty when you miss a workout or if you have an off day where you just didn't feel good and maybe you didn't give it your all? 
that kind of thing. Do you train through injury because you're afraid of losing your gains, gains with a Z, right? If you uh, take a few days off or a week off or any kind of time off, do you feel like, do you, do you feel anxious about that? If so, you may not necessarily need to completely break from formal training, although some people find it helpful or even necessary for a time, but uh, working, working on reimagining movement, its purpose, uh, role in your life, how you might shift from thinking about building your body up as a instrument rather than an ornament, uh, this kind of, uh, of shift might be really helpful. All right, so I summarized um, you know, some of the considerations for why you might want to take a break, back off a bit, or you know, at the very least, maybe work on changing your mindset about exercise and training in general. Hopefully, the remainder of this episode will maybe help you with that, uh, with beginning to change your thoughts and, and attitudes and maybe mindset about training also. But assuming we have a pretty decent relationship with the exercise, how can we incorporate it in a way that keeps our attention focused on the right things, the, the things that will truly help us from a, a more holistic perspective, uh, the things that will help nurture and develop all of the facets of our health, physical, social, intellectual, spiritual, economic, emotional, all of those other facets that are so important. Well, I have four things that I thought might be helpful to talk about here. Uh, the first one is to focus on enjoyment whenever possible. And it's easy to say, yeah, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. But do you really enjoy it? Do you look forward to doing that? You know, exercise and training is not always fun. It's not. Let's be honest here. Even if you love going to the gym or training for a specific purpose, there are always days where it just kind of sucks. Um, I don't like doing lunges. I, I just don't really like it, but I go ahead and do them because they are beneficial for the particular goals that I have. And so there's certain things like that that we just sort of do because we know it's going to benefit us in, in what we're trying to accomplish for ourselves. You know, maybe you're tired, sore, mentally not there, that kind of thing too. Rather, maybe rather be doing something else. All of those kinds of things. Those are totally legit. But what we're talking about here is really more of an overall enjoyment. Do you dread engaging in your training or your workout? Do you need a lot of motivation to make it happen? I see this a lot in fitness groups. Uh, you know, the, the question will come up, how do I get more motivation to get my workouts done? And often the advice, especially in men's groups, I've found really is the super helpful screw motivation. You need discipline. <laughs> it's like, thanks, bro. That's about as helpful as eat less and move more, or you just need to eat clean, right? It's completely not helpful at all. When you truly enjoy what you're doing, again, on the whole, as a general rule, when you, tr when you enjoy it, it, it sets you up for success. This goes for overall type of training, as well as individual exercises included in your program. So it's okay to include some of these exercises that maybe you don't really like, but you know, you know, this is a really good exercise. It's really providing a lot of benefits for me, and I'm just going to kind of suck it up and go ahead and do it. So again, it, it depends on the person, depends on how much of a of a bummer it is and whether it's really negatively impacting your workout or if it's just something you're kind of like, eh, it's like washing the dishes. You know, you wash them. You don't really like it. You don't necessarily hate it. You'd rather do something else, but the dishes need done. And so you do that. 
So if you're if you enjoy running, cycling, hiking, weight training, ninja, martial arts, you know, whatever it is, incorporating those into your training can result in the need for less motivation. And so that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about overall enjoyment of your training. All right. So that's the first one. A second one is consider your goals. And this is important. You know, we always we're always told by the fitness world, you know, know your why, set your goals and all this stuff. But often they can be very unrealistic or unnecessary steps that we've added that we think we need in order to achieve that goal. So what is your goal? But but don't overthink it here. It's it's okay if your goal is specific, like train for a half marathon, which may require more structure and planning, obviously, especially if you're just starting out and, and haven't really run much. But it's also fine to have a broad goal of more energy or to just do life better, you know, that kind of a thing, to feel better. Those are totally legit goals as well. And the cool thing is, is they don't require changing the size or shape of your body. And having somewhat of a, a clear picture of your goals will help you best determine kind of what kind of physical training would be necessary to reach those goals. And then whether you have the ability to engage in that level of training to achieve that goal. And so that kind of helps with determining whether the goal is going to be realistic or not. So let's use the example of running a half marathon or maybe a 5k or something. Maybe you're going from couch to 5k kind of a thing. Uh, there are some specific things that you'll want to do along the way to push your body to make certain adaptations necessary to increase your endurance and strength, recover properly from your training, improve cardiorespiratory fitness, uh, condition joints to tolerate the activity. That's a big one. Uh, even prepare mentally, since that is a huge component of something like a half marathon or a marathon or even a 5K, especially if you're just starting out again. It's a, it's a process of something we call progressive overload, where you're progressively adding more and more over time as your body adapts to the training stimulus. And then this helps keep you moving forward with your progress. So you might start with you know, walking, then run, walk, run. Then once you can run one kilometer uh, or one mile or whatever, you you might move to one and a half K, then two K, then three, and you know, that kind of a thing. So you're progressive. You're adding additional training stimulus to your body, and that helps push you forward to the next level or the next step. And the same principle is true for someone training for powerlifting competitions, climbing, ninja, martial arts, and even those broad goals, though, like more energy to play with your grandkids, something like that. They all require this progressive overload, this concept of progressive overload. You don't just go full throttle from, from the start to diving into what your goal is. It's a process, and it can be adjusted over time, of course, too. Now, going back to the, the first point I touched on, go into it with the mindset of finding joy in the journey. Yes, there is an outcome goal, but really focus on the process and, and process goals as much as possible. So those would be goals along the way, smaller goals that uh, are part of the process rather than focusing on that big end goal, because it can be overwhelming, especially if it's, a, if it's a big one that's going to take several months or, or even longer period of time to achieve that goal. You may want to set up those process goals like instead of saying, well, I want to get from here to here, you can say, well, you know what, I want to, I want to show up at the gym a couple of times a week. That's, that's my first goal. Regardless of what I do, I'm just going to make it to the gym a couple of times a week, or I'm going to, I'm going to go out and I'm going to walk after dinner. And you could tell yourself, I'm going to walk every night after dinner. 
Or you could do a more realistic goal where you say, you know what, I'm going to go walk after dinner one night a week uh, on the night where I have a, a bit more extra time. So I'm going to on Wednesday nights, I seem to have a bit more time. I'm going to plan to walk every Wednesday night. And then from there, once you get in that habit, then, you know, you could set another goal. At some point, I want to be able to do two days. And so you might work up to that and those kinds of things. So keep in mind whether your goal is to run a marathon or just to get walking more. It's the same general concept of taking these steps forward, focusing on the process much more than the than the long term or the the big picture goal. Now, is your goal realistic? So this is our third point that I want to make. Is your goal realistic and does it align with your values? You know, time, availability, family, social work obligations, all those kinds of things. I'm not saying you can't set challenging goals. Not at all. I'm I'm not saying don't set goals that will require sacrifice. Not at all. You know, personally, if a goal is not challenging for me and doesn't require some kind of sacrifice, I find it hard to work toward that goal. I like to challenge myself. I like to push myself. I like that feeling of accomplishing something meaningful. You know, if I set a goal that's way below my capabilities, then when I get to that goal, I really haven't accomplished all that much. And so for you, that's going to look completely different than what it looks like for me and and somebody else. And so it's also important that we not at this stage compare ourselves to other people, but really focus on our own goals, our own needs, our what our body needs and how it's going to respond, again, rather than fo- uh, comparing ourselves to other people who may have similar kinds of goals even. But, you know, at the same time, it's easy to set unrealistic training goals. You know, for example, when a lot of people decide they want to start some kind of maybe formal exercise plan at the gym, they think they need to work out five days a week or maybe even more for an hour or more each time, never miss a workout, give it all you have every single session. I can't tell you how many times I hear this advice, especially in men's groups, unfortunately, where where somebody is saying, hey, I, I haven't been doing anything for the past year and I'm really wanting to try and make some improvements in my health. So I think maybe getting an into more physical activity, maybe going back to the gym. I used to like that years ago. And how how would you suggest getting started? And then suddenly out of the woodwork, it's like, oh, yeah, go all in on this heavy-duty program, on this one that is very demanding, instead of saying, you know, what's going to fit you and suit your needs uh, for the particular goals that you have? Now, you know, th- this kind of approach, if you have the time and enjoy that and it makes you feel good to go all out and go all in and and do that kind of thing. Hey, that's totally fine. You know, some people that they 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 love that. They they feed off of that. That that really makes them feel good. And hey, if that's you then cool. But it's absolutely not necessary for most of us. Uh this goal um you know, th- this goes back to what is your goal? Are you competing in a bodybuilding show? Well, yeah, probably need to train hard and very be very disciplined with that. But which of you listeners has that as a goal? I probably nobody. Um, I would be surprised if there are any competitive bodybuilders looking for advice listening to <laughs> this podcast. Who knows? If you are, awesome. I'm glad you're here. But anyway, trying to trying to build some strength, improve health, like blood sugar, more stamina. You know, two to three days a week will provide tremendous benefits, even even once a week. Uh, Are you going to build much strength just haphazardly popping into the gym a day here and maybe a day there? Probably not. 
So some structure to your physical training may be helpful if that's your goal. Is it beneficial to your body to just pop in haphazardly to the gym? Well, actually it is. You know, any, any kind of physical activity or movement is going to be beneficial to us just because it's not optimal for some particular goal that may not even be your goal doesn't mean that it's not still beneficial and a health-promoting behavior. Again, what are your goals and what is going to add joy and benefit to your life rather than leave you feeling like a failure because you can't stick to some unrealistic training plan? All right. Okay. Now, finally, uh, number four, have you given any thought to monitoring your progress? All right. So first, do you care? <laughs> do you need to monitor your progress for the goals that you're working toward? If it's a broad general goal of maybe health or feeling better, not getting winded when going upstairs, those kinds of goals, measuring progress may not be important. Uh, that said, though, you may still find it helpful to do things like journal about your experiences as you're going through that. Sometimes that can help you even just to articulate what's going on in your in your mind. And, and that can be a great tool to measure progress, so to speak, too. You know, you can review past journal entries and look at your change in attitude, mindset, those kinds of things that that all still counts as progress, too. You, you, you might realize, hey, I mentioned that a half mile walk felt good, but was pretty tiring. And you suddenly think back to your two mile walk today and think, wow, I didn't even break a sweat today. That's a lot of progress. And you may not have noticed that had you not been journaling about it before. You may still think, well, two miles, that's not very far. And but in reality, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I've, I've come so far. And where dieting often uses those progress photos to measure that kind of thing. One of the things I love about intuitive eating is that we're measuring and looking at and recognizing things that truly changed our life, not just something temporary that we're seeing in the mirror, but we're seeing changes in our heart and our attitude and our mindset about things. And that, that's the kind of progress that is sustainable and that will really take you to new heights as you move through life, um, whether that's just a better relationship with food, but even overall health and well-being. But some goals really do benefit from some kind of objective measures of progress. You know, think about training for a half marathon again. You know, you do need to know how far you're running, how many miles you've been putting on each week, both from the perspective of that progressive overload that I, I mentioned earlier, as well as recovery, though. So, you know, so you don't overtrain or overwork yourself. More detailed tracking may be helpful beyond simply journaling about how you felt, right? So sometimes those numbers are really helpful. But again, keep in mind, these, this is very, 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 very different than tracking your calorie intake, your macros, every little morsel of food that you eat. This is completely different because this is something that's helpful to us in progressing toward a goal. Uh, this is something where, where we can better understand our body, where th those other kinds of tracking, that, that diet tracking is often uh, developing obsessive and unhealthy mindsets, behaviors, and thought process in around food, and it's damaging our relationship with health. Whereas tracking in this way, tracking how our body is improving in strength and endurance and those kinds of things, that can actually contribute to a better and more positive body image, even in the absence of changes in the appearance or size or shape of your body. So Again, anything can be taken to an extreme. Measuring these details can also be become a problem. But again, we're talking about um, 
kind of a specific case here where these are your goals and you're in a good place, relatively speaking, with your relationship with exercise. So uh, anyway, the, the same can be true for strength training too. You know, even if you're not trying to <laughs> compete in anything, when you have several workouts each week, including several exercises in each workout, it can be tough to keep track of what you've been doing for each workout as far as number of sets, reps, and the amount of weight lifted. You know, if you think of a three-day a week workout, maybe you have five different exercises, that's 15 different exercises that you're trying to keep track of in your head and try and remember the the weight that you lifted. How hard was it the last time? You know, did I was I at failure last time or what did I have a lot left in the tank? All of that kind of thing. It's it can be difficult to know. And then it which means it can be difficult to know whether you should try and lift more this session or not. And you may not notice until you're halfway through that, oh, I could have done more. And then you're like, well, I wish I'd have done more or boy, I should have done less, that kind of a thing. But sometimes tracking can be beneficial in helping with that. You know, if you continue to use the same number of sets and reps and weight or even decrease and never increase, your body adapts to that and, and will not continue to make progress as far as increasing strength. So if increasing strength is your goal, then you want to have that progress and, and it can be really helpful to track that and measure that. Now, there's nothing wrong with that if your goal is health and well-being and longevity and feeling good in your body. You know, those are, again, all completely valid and fantastic goals. But but if your goal is truly to increase your strength and stamina and you know, that kind of thing, you do need to involve some of that progressive overload that, that we talked about earlier. And this means adding more sets and or more reps and or more weight, you know, that kind of a thing. And as you do that, your body adapts to the new level of, the, of that training stimulus by increasing strength and muscle and stamina. So having those numbers can then help you to recognize, hey, I am progressing and uh, and it can help you to move past plateaus. Maybe you're kind of feeling stuck in a particular area and having that information available can actually be helpful in coming up with a plan to, to move past that. Now, tracking the details of each workout can be super helpful for these types of goals, like I was saying. Um, that way, you know how much you, know, you lifted the last time. And the time before that, uh, you don't try to do more than you're ready for. You know, you're, you, last time you did 50 pounds and this time you can't remember what you did. And you think, I can't remember, did I do 50 or 60 last time? And you think, ah, I think I, maybe I did 60. And so you grab 70 and then you realize, wow, that was way too heavy. And I just uh, overdid it or I spent time doing that instead of getting done what I was hoping to accomplish. All of those kinds of things. So it helps you to to be more efficient with your with your training time as well. You make those decisions based on a combination of what you've been doing in your prior sessions. So you're able to kind of look back at those details, but then also how you're feeling today. So again, that's a kind of incorporating that intuition that we have been talking about when it comes to our food and everything. We can incorporate that same kind of intuition into our individual workouts where we say, you know, last time I did this, I'm feeling really good today. Maybe I can add a little more. Or you may be, boy, I didn't sleep at all last night. I'm drained today. You know, maybe I ought to take it a little easier. Or I have something else tonight. I'm playing volleyball or I have I have to help my buddy move. Maybe I shouldn't push myself too hard today. So again, it's it's incorporating that intuition as well as that objective knowledge of what we've been doing historically that can be helpful. And then that helps you to decide how hard to push yourself. Now, interestingly, the more you practice this, the more intuitive it actually becomes, just like with our eating. So remember that training is a skill and it takes practice. And remember that intuition is also something that we develop and train over time. 
Now, anyway, there, there are different ways to track your progress. And so one is uh, when we're talking about this physical training. You know, one is to use a pen and paper. Uh, a lot of people like this method because they can stay off their phone uh, or they just they just really like writing in a notebook. And some people have even a, a special leather bound notebook that they use just for tracking their workouts. You know, whatever it is that kind of motivates you and drives you. You know, I, I hear from other people they like writing in a brand new moleskin, and I don't even know what that is because I don't I I can barely even write legibly myself because I'm always on the computer. But, you know, whatever whatever works for you is great. So another way is to use some kind of technology, like an app or a spreadsheet. You know, spreadsheets can get a bit cumbersome in my view, but a lot of people swear by them. You know, my wife's an accountant and she loves her spreadsheets. Uh, I remember back when my mom was working and, and she used to use a spreadsheet for just about everything, things where a database would have been a much better option. But hey, if you can do it with a spreadsheet, then why, why use something else, right? And so if you're a spreadsheet person, maybe tracking your workouts is great that way or tracking your training information uh, would be helpful that way. So uh, that's one option. But I'm personally an app guy. And this actually makes a lot of sense because I'm actually developing one as we speak. It's called the Non-Diet Companion. And it's designed to help all of us non-dieters as we develop and nurture our intuitive eating skills and other aspects of health-promoting behaviors. Uh, unlike other apps out there, though, that take a typical approach to fitness and nutrition that doesn't really align with what we're trying to do as non-dieters, this app is designed from the ground up specifically for you and me, non-dieters, intuitive eaters uh, who are not into that diet thing anymore. There's numerous features to help you journal about various areas of your journey with lots of cool journal prompts, different types of journals, and you can enable and disable them according to what you're currently working on. So you may want to journal about some aspect of your health now and a month from now. Maybe you want to journal about something else, but you don't want 50 different journals sitting in your face every day. You just shut off the ones you don't want. Just deal with the ones that you do. And so it's really cool in that regard. As a hunger and fullness tool, uh, educational content, various thought exercises and things like that, uh, helpful daily content where you can you'll have a nice little feed of a few items, very manageable amount, uh, no ads or any of that nonsense few things to just kind of keep you moving along on your journey. And there's also a detailed workout tracker for tracking all of those details of your workouts if you're into that kind of thing. And that's something that you want to do. But I also, you know, your sets, your reps, your drop sets, your supersets, and all at rest times, whatever it is that you like to track about your workouts, if that's something that would be beneficial to you. But I also have Another way of tracking your workouts where it's more of a reflection rather than those details. So you have your workout plan that pops up for you, but you're not tracking the details. You're writing about how it felt and what you found useful about it and, and, and what might you want to do different next time. And so the, there's something for everybody and it's designed to work with you where you are today and not force you to try and do something <laughs> in a way that somebody else is telling you is the right way to do it. So no weigh-ins, no body measurements, no progress photos, don't even have those features in there. None of that diety stuff. And you can even connect it up with your practitioner if you're working with a dietitian, a trainer, therapist, that kind of thing. And so super cool stuff, so much more. And it's all aligned with a non-diet, weight-neutral, intuitive eating approach, as I said. Oh, and uh, one other thing I just I 
I'm so excited about this one. It's it's mind blowing. It's got this really cool AI powered workout program builder. AI, if you're not in the know, artificial intelligence. This program builder is amazing. You type in what you want, what equipment you have, what what your availability is, what weaknesses you have, what uh, whatever it is that you would sit if you were to sit down and talk to a person and say, "Hey, I'd like a workout program to do this and this," and I don't like machines, but I. Uh, or I don't like dumbbells. I really like machines, but you know what? I kind of want to stretch myself a little and maybe work with a few dumbbells. This is how you would type it out. You ramble on as a human being, and this thing will build you a program. It's pretty amazing. Um, it's it, It'll blow your mind, and it, it's funny. I get giddy when I'm testing it and working with it and and developing it. It's, uh, it's kind of funny, really. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll post a video of that sometime. But anyway, all of that's coming in November of 2023, which is about a month from now. So check the link in the show notes for uh, nondietcompanion.com. And uh, again, that's nondietcompanion.com, all one word. Uh, and you can learn more about it and even sign up to my email list to stay up to date on availability. All right, so that's it for this episode. I hope you found that helpful, and I hope you have a good handle on how to incorporate structured exercise and training into your non-diet, weight-neutral, intuitive eating approach to caring for your body and attaining your goals. Uh, So until next time, I just wanna say that it's far more important to find movement that's enjoyable and adds value to your life than to worry about optimizing it for someone else's goals or for those shoulds and oughts and those goals that we think we should have. There is no right or wrong way to incorporate formal exercise into your life. Make it your own and never feel guilt or shame because your path looks different than someone else's. 